Hey guys, um, this is just a little bonus episode that I put together. Um, uh, this episode is basically a discussion me and a listener had. Somebody was, a listener of the show, was disagreeing with what I said in one of the previous episodes, which was, um, I believe, debunking intersectionality. And me and this listener were going, you know, back and forth. And I was said, you know what? Just call up. You know, here's the, the, the number of the show. Call up and we could chop it up. And that's what happened. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed. And let me know what you guys think. So um, you said you wanted to, to have a discussion about um, the thing that I, uh, one of the episodes that I uploaded, correct? Yeah, um, actually it was pointed to your podcast by, uh, and, uh, so it was the episode four on, um, particularly on the stuff about intersectionality. Mm-hmm. And, um, I thought, um, first of all, I just want to say, um, it's cool that you're doing this podcast. Um, you touch on a lot of important topics. Um, so I appreciate that. And, um, thanks for agreeing to have a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think particularly about intersectionality, I think from my understanding and experience, I, I, I uh, disagree with some of what you said in that... Um, well, let, let's tackle that. What, what do you disagree with, um, with well, what I said? Sure. Um, well, first of all, for me, intersectionality is really basically essential for understanding racism and oppression in society. Um, so, and I know um, basically um, from what I understood from your podcast, um, you felt that intersectionality was not, um, was kind of BS. Um, and um, yeah, it wasn't a good way of looking at things. Well, yeah, like just let me just clarify. Uh, what I think is intersectionality is just another little cute term to use for another word of white supremacy. And um, there's no to me, there's no such thing as intersectionality whatsoever because whenever you do hear people talk about intersectionality or intersectionalism, for some reason, these people have these crazy ideologies that say people of color, men is, in particularly, men of color, are in positions to oppress other groups of people, especially women of color. And that, to me, is that, that's asinine. Because, one, an oppressed group cannot oppress another group. And that, that's what my main thing is. And my main focus is always white supremacy, white supremacy, white supremacy. So, um, what about what I said that um, intersectionality is BS? What what about it do you disagree in? Um, Let's see. So, um, I I think from my perspective, I appreciate that you focus on race and white supremacy and that, you know, particularly in the U.S., um, racial racial oppression, it has a, a particular place in our society, um, particularly due to 
the origins of our country and slavery and other forms of historical racism. Um, at the same time, I feel like um, there are other forms of oppression um, based on other people's, um, you know, other uh, identities that people have. Um, so, for example, I do think that uh, there is there is sexism and gender oppression. Um, there is oppression based on sexual identity and uh, sexual orientation. There is um, oppression based on ability or disability. Um, so I think it's important that uh, I, I think that all these different kinds of oppressions are connected to each other. So in order to really understand how that all works, um, it's important to, to have some sort of framework to to incorporate all these. And I think for me, intersectionality is a really useful framework. But for some reason, whenever you find people who are in the levels of intersection, they for some reason never um they they never either get a, um get abused they use their first thing which is their white privilege so you could find a gay white female out here you know uh threatening a black family selling water or at a barbecue you know what i mean so these these to to me all that intersectionality thing just goes out the window i understand what you're saying that you know there's different intersections of oppression and I'm saying that that's complete BS because it's only one, um, there's only one form of oppression, which is white supremacy. And if there is other form of oppression that it's not white supremacy, that it's because it's gay or it's because it's woman, then please show me some laws that actually, you know, determine some of the oppression based on laws that certain people couldn't go certain places, certain people couldn't do certain things, you know? Sure. Um, I mean, I think, I think there's, there's different things going on. It's a complicated topic. Um, I think just, uh, let's see, one example um, I would say is like currently um, um, sexual orientation, um, being gay, uh, lesbian, queer is is not a protected identity. In other words, um, people can be fired from their job because of their sexual orientation. Um, uh, I think recently there was the Supreme Court case, of, um, you know, a person saying that, you know, I'm not going to provide a wedding cake for a, a gay couple. Um, so these are uh, and, and the Supreme Court said that, you know, they can discriminate against people for their sexual uh, identity or sexual and, orientation. And, and you're saying what that cake um, bakery place did is equivalent to the systematic oppression of white supremacy? Uh, I'm not saying that it's equivalent. I think, uh, you know, different forms of oppression have their own unique characteristics, um, how they manifest their the unique histories. Um, so I'm not trying to say that there's uh, equivalence by any means. Um, I think um, 
there are ways of comparing them and understanding them, and it's useful to sort of see the relationships between them. And I think as well, they are all kind of connected into the same system of oppression that oppresses people based on all different kinds of identities, um, race included, but also gender, sexual identity, orientation, um, uh, immigration status, uh, you know, language ability, uh, disability and ability, mental illness, um, all these different uh, um, dimensions of identity. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but there's one problem with that because you know that whole bakery thing. They discriminated against a gay couple, which you know it's whatever. Like that's obviously that's wrong. You know, shouldn't discriminate against anybody. But they discriminated against a gay couple. But you know, we're we're talking about cops shooting us in our back. You know that 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 there's a system that will you know that will protect. These uh these abusers, you under you understand? Um, uh, let me see if I do understand you. Um, to me, I think you're pointing out the extreme uh, violence that the system is perpetrating against people of color and men of color. Um, that includes police brutality and and murder by the police. Um. I think it's really, you know, one of the main forms of societal oppression is racial and um, the way, uh, you know, uh, the system, you know, commits violence against uh, people of color um, through um, the police system. And I also think um, oppression can take a lot of different forms, including uh, you know, this example of discrimination um, against a gay couple or, you know, di discrimination against uh, people in the workplace um, based be, on... Be, check, check this out, because whenever people wanted to discriminate against us, it wasn't just one bakery, it wasn't just one workplace. It was multiple workplaces, multiple bakeries. You got to understand that. We couldn't go anywhere around... Any of these places, we had it'll be hard pressed for us to find one bakery that will even allow us in. It'll be we'll be hard pressed to find one job site that will at least allow us in. And you're talking about one bakery, and um, apparently that's the whole focus group right now. For see, you know, gay people could get you know are getting oppressed too. That's intersectionality, and we should all rally around that. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I mean, maybe you could explain a little bit more because um, you're talking about, I mean, if I understand that you're I'll, talking I'll, about. I'll explain, I'll explain right now. There was a few years ago, there was a uh, study that came out saying if your name sounded black, the employer would tear up the application. A couple of, uh, a couple of uh, um, actually uh, two years ago, there was another study that came out that said white um, high school dropouts earn more than black college graduates. So that's not intersectionality whatsoever. That's white supremacy. Because these white high school dropouts 
are gay and female and everything, but yet they earn more than black college graduates who are gay and who are women as well. So there's no such thing as intersectionality right there. You, do you understand what I'm saying? Because back in the day, when we, we, we still now, it's not even back in the day, still now, some, people could still discriminate against us. We could, I could walk into a store right now and somebody refuse to you know, give me services and goods. And that could happen in multiple stores because you know why? Because Latin people and black people don't own a lot of stuff around here. You know, so that's what I'm saying. One gay, one gay couple just went to one bakery and, you know, it's not like they went to multiple. All right. One bakery refused them. But yet with us, it's a different story. You understand? So that's that's what I'm saying. It's not a it's not equivalent. And, and intersectionality right there takes, you know, takes a curveball. Uh, you, you described some some things about uh, intersectionality, or your like your definitions of intersectionality, and I think maybe we can go back to like that because um, maybe I see intersectionality differently. Well, I, I, I for what I've known and what I research for intersectionality, I'm just using the basic definition, the working definition is different people being oppressed in different levels. That's basically the layman's terms of it, right? I mean, I, I think that's included, and I think that's a that's that's one part of intersectionality. I also think, inter you know, for me, intersectionality means that, you know, in a in a given situation, uh, all of a person's identities are important for understanding who they are and their place in society. So, it's it's important not to know only someone's race. It's also important to know what their gender is, and it's important to know what their sexual identity is and how that affects them in order to really understand what's going on in society. So that's, you know, that's, that's another part of intersectionality, um, which I believe in. Okay. And I believe, I believe it's, a, it's a important way of understanding things. Um, so when you talk about, when anyone talks about gay a gay white person um or a, a white female um or a black man there you're already talking about intersectionality because you're talking about both gender and race and uh, if you leave out you know one of those identities if you only talk about white person black person you lose some of that understanding so how uh, come the only how come the only people um being propped up and actually um, being abused are the the black people, black people. They're they're the only ones being abused. Um, black women also are being abused. Nobody's saying nothing, and these white women are walking around, you know, harassing other people, and you know nothing happens to them. Everything is cool, but for some reason, um, the only ones being abused is you know these black people. So. Where where is the intersectionality here? If you know, is a black woman also being abused the same way? Um, I mean, I think there are a couple different uh, points to make here. Is 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 one? Um, you know, that you're pointing to this phenomenon that you know among any you know dimensions, other dimensions of identity. Um, you know, the people who are, you know, 
black people, people of color are always put behind white people or are discriminated against. So if you're talking about within, you know, if you're talking about women, uh, white people are gonna just, white women are, are discriminating against black women and that's how racism works. So that's, that's valid. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna disagree with any of that. Um, I think what I also wanna point out is that um, there is oppression um, of, you know, of people based on their sexual identity. Um, there are, there are, um, you know, there are gay LGBT people being murdered, you know, um, by, uh, you know, heterosexual people, um, you know, white cisgendered men murdering LGBT people um, based on their gender and sexual identity. Um, so uh, that's that's a real oppression that's happening. Um, I think a lot of the oppression against you know black people, people of color, is really important, and it can it also is coexisting with oppression of people based on different other identities. All I'm saying is that we have um, white supremacist gay people. Like My Milo Yiannopoulos, do you uh, are you familiar with him? Sure, yeah. We have white supremacists like that representing the gay community, and they he has the gay for Trumps, gay for Trump campaign and slogan and everything. Sure, we got white we got white supremacists like that talking about vile, vile, vile things about you know the black community, and right. We have people like Tommy Lauren. Are you familiar with her as well? Um, yeah, uh, you know I've seen some of her. So, yeah, yeah. So she so. she's out here, you know, same thing, v- saying vile, vile, vile things about the black community. It's another white woman that actually made a YouTube video. Actually, I think a year ago, I believe, talking about the IQ in the black community. You know, doing all that white supremacist bullshit about IQs and stuff like that. So we we have white supremacists in these communities. How is that intersectionality if white supremacy has intersected that? We we there's it's right there. White supremacy. There's no such thing as intersectionality. If white supremacy let's say let's say okay I'm gonna give you intersectionality. Okay, there's intersectionality. White supremacy seeped into that. Now it's not intersectionality anymore. Now it's white supremacy. You understand? You got white supremacists out here targeting non-white people who are in these gay communities. Do you understand? So how, how is that, you know, still... Well, you know, there's intersections and stuff like that. So how is that still the same thing? Well, I mean, I see, you know, I... I've, I think I would agree that, um, you know, white women kind of hide their racism behind uh, the idea of feminism. So, um, so they use the, the, the gender, you know, um, to kind of say, well, you know, I'm a woman and I'm asserting my rights and 
that kind of hides their oppression against black men or black people. Um, so I think that's a very valid, um, you know, concern. Um, but I think one way of looking at that is that, um, is to say that, you know, they're, they're trying to focus solely on gender and not including race. And so, um, and that's an example of not involving intersectionality or not looking at the different dimensions of identity. But you got to include race and into gender, don't you think? Yeah, exactly. So, so I think that's kind of my point um, with with intersectionality is that if you only focus on gender, you're missing that whole point about race, and so that's an incomplete description, and that results in racism and oppression. So if you kind of look at, um, you know, an analogy with, uh, you know, race and another, another identity, um, you know, if you're only focusing on race, you might miss particular important uh, oppression based on, on gender or sexual orientation. Does that make sense? No, no, it, it, you know, it does, but... My 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 thing is, since you know, um, since we're you know, since you make that point, yeah, that that does make sense. I'm not gonna you know hold you against that, but there's also other things that we have to tackle. You you understand? Well, you know, I want to say like I think, I think maybe what you're pointing to is the kind of the primacy of race in in all of these discussions where there's a certain fundamentalness to race and how, how our society is organized and, and that it kind of comes last in people's minds where like people are more willing to maybe, you know, in some situations, people are more willing to um, point out, you know, protect white women rather than, you know, black, black women or black men even. Um, so I, you know, I, I agree with that. Um, I also just want to, you know, I think it's important that we consider all these kinds of oppression and see how they all fit together. Mm. Um, do you, um, by any chance, when, when I talk about white supremacy, there's this, um, I don't know if you know, there's this uh, guy named Nilly Fuller. Are you aware of him? Uh, I'm not. Uh, he's one of these old school cats. Um, he broke down white supremacy being part of a system and working in codes. And part of that system and codes, he broke down into nine parts. And these nine parts is like the, you know, how can I say, uh, is like the, the creed of white supremacy. You know, he said that White supremacy affects economics, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war. So he pointed these nine things out. These are nine areas of activity between people that white supremacy affects. Okay. And he wrote this book, I believe, called The, Cons- um, the, the Code... Something white supremacy, something cold construct. I'll I'll look it up later, but um, he 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 wrote this book and he basically you know broke everything down. So when I see people using the the term intersectionality and having these little definitions for it, 
um, for some reason, I go back to the nine areas of activity. Mm-hmm. And I look at it and say, wait a minute, this is still a, this is still a form of white supremacy. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? So this is still a form of white supremacy. And the thing is that I always, to this day, I still do find that the word intersectionality is basically like a sugar-coated term just to not say white supremacy. Because I feel, the way I've seen it, I've seen it go from a, a, a certain person use it to a whole, um, whole race of people adopting that term with crazy ideologies. Mm-hmm. With, crazy, with crazy ideologies, um, for example, um, having things say like, you know, the um, men over here, um, men of color have more rights than, you know, women of color. You know what I'm saying? Or all, you know, or crazy stuff like all men, all men of color, for, um, for some reason, are more abusive to their, um, to, their, to their partners than white men. You know what I'm saying? So crazy ideologies like that. And I want to know, just hearing this. I want to know your thoughts, and also, do you agree with some of that? Um, well, I would agree definitely that you know some people are using the term intersectionality to kind of hide their racism or hide their oppression, um, and they're kind of mis, in my opinion, misusing that term, uh, intersectionality. Um, at the same time, so I think when you're talking about like you know the idea that you know, black men are more sexist than white men is, you know, to me, totally false. Um, at the same time, I do feel like uh, there are ways in which, uh, you know, if you have multiple, you know, maybe marginalized identities, um, I may think there are ways in which black men can oppress black women. Um, so sexual violence by black men against black women or by, you know, I identify as Asian. So, uh, you know, sexual violence of Asian men against Asian women um, is, a, is a real oppression. And um, that also needs to be addressed. Wait, uh, hold on. Let me just try to get this straight. You're saying that um, an, op- an oppression based on, you know, sexual violence and let, just throw in, let's say, let's say verbal abuse, right? is a form of oppression? Sure, yeah. Okay. And um so let, let me also so we could get have this clear uh being oppressed by an oppressor is a 24-hour thing, right? It's always constant, correct? Yeah, I guess in our society, yeah, I would say in our society um you know, is a tw- is a 24-hour thing. It's always happening, yeah. yes. Yes, I agree yeah, with that. Okay. Is it a 24-hour thing? To escape my oppressor, let's just say back in slavery, to escape my oppressor, I'm going to have to go to the moon just to do that, right? But sure. still, in the, in the end of the day, I still escape my oppressor. Now I'm not being oppressed anymore, correct? Okay. No, is that correct? I mean, yeah, but right. Okay. You can't really so, escape it, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. You can't really escape it. And right. 
not only that, but the law protects you, the oppressor, from any legal actions whatsoever, correct? Yeah, in a lot of cases, the law is, uh, you okay. know, protects their oppressors. How are black men oppressing black women by beating them if they go straight to jail right after that? Um, so, okay, so you're focusing, we're focusing on the topic of, you know, violence of black men uh, against black women. Um, and so I would say that, um, you know, just like for, you know, racial oppression, I think for uh, sexism and gender oppression, um, that is also all pervasive. Um, it's not so easy for women to remove themselves from um, violence against them. Um, and so it's not the same as racial oppression. You know, it takes different forms. But, you know, patriarchy as a system is all pervasive in our society, uh, just as racism is all pervasive. So, for example, um, there are uh, women who are, ex you know, uh, women of color who experience um, uh, sexual harassment, uh, sexual assault by uh, men of color um, who, you know, don't feel empowered to really bring that up or, uh, you know, they aren't able to sort of address those kinds of wrongs yeah, but because of the way do, society is. But, you're right, but when, but when they do, when they do, the the oppressor who implemented that heinous crime gets arrested, correct? I think I think that doesn't always happen. That that uh -huh. does always happen, especially when it comes to people men of color. It always happens. The, it's to the point where the woman doesn't even have to get beat. An accusation needs to just come up here. It happens. But yeah, like look at Bill Cosby. There was nothing proven. With Bill Cosby, am I, am I saying that um, if he ever did rape somebody, should he... No, I'm not saying that. But if you're going to accuse somebody, at least have proof. You know, 50-someone um, women came forward with multiple lies, and they got proven that they were lying. But yet, he still, you know, he still got found guilty. You know what I'm saying? But yet, look at all these other white men who did the same thing. But nothing's happening to them. You know, the only one right now, it took them a year and a half, was Harvey Weinstein. It took them a year and a half to even make this guy walk into a police sta um, station, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? So, where, 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 is the, where, where is the, you know, where is the oppression from men of color? That doesn't exist right there. Because they're being punished already. Well, I would say, um, I mean, you bring up a good point in that, uh, you know, if you compare white men who are committing uh, sexual violence and, and black men who are committing sexual violence, uh, black men are punished more severely and white men are not being held accountable. And to me, I see that as an example of racism. Um, 
at the same time, um, I think there are instances of uh, sexual violence against um, uh, women of color by men of color that are not being punished, um, that are not being addressed. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. You know, there's there's sexual violence all over. You know, there's verbal abusive violence with, with between partners all over. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. But my main thing is whenever people do talk about intersectionality, they always have this demonizing ideology about men of color. For some reason, they do a lot more violence against women than, you know, than any other group, which simply isn't true. And my main thing also is that they'd rather you know, deal with a white person than deal with a man of color because... According to them, they feel more safe. You know what I'm saying? So, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, yeah. Um, you know, men of color are demonized and like characterized and stereotyped uh, as being more violent, being more dangerous, and that's that's definitely a racist uh, perception um, because white men are are very dangerous uh, and you know, can be very dangerous in, in certain contexts. Um, and, and, and really, yeah, it's, it's that, you know, black or uh, men of color, you know, don't have, are easier to kind of scapegoat and, and condemn um, than white, than white men. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I fully agree with that. Gotcha. Okay. So, I, so you, yeah. so you do agree that, that you know, there's so you basically just agree that there's no oppression between men of color, that is you know comparable to other forms of oppression. Well, I mean, I think, I think, uh, the way black men are treated and white men are treated is is that difference is is racism. Um, and I, but I do think like, I think it is also, we need to be careful not to, not to compare oppressions, um, or at least, you know, uh, you know, we need to see kind of all, all these different oppressions as, you know, part of the same system. Um, so in other words, you know, it's not, we hopefully, although this is how it's portrayed by a lot of people, it's not like my my gender against your race um competing but rather you know the oppression of women and the oppression of people of color are part of this greater system of now overall I got oppression. A now i got a question another question for you sure. part of intersectionality is fighting for everybody's oppression correct um yeah i think so fighting for everybody's oppression okay well so yeah. okay so why should be uh, us black folks why should we fight for the oppression of white women or gay white men why should we do that i mean i think that's a good question um i think i think one is to think about what's the underlying principle about why we want to undo oppression and to me, the idea is that 
we need to have a fundamental respect for uh, for people regardless of their, you know, race or sexual orientation. Um, so fundamental respect for human dignity. The, the and thing, the, fairness, the thing, right? The the no the, the well the the thing is that white women have never ever ever fought for black folks ever. Neither did gay white men. So why should black folks black folks go you know go and risk their lives and fight for their oppression? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think what you're saying is true on the whole. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it's more about, you know, where does the responsibility lie? Like, you know, we can't really ask black people to really fight for white people when white people have not been supporting black people on the whole. Um, so there's more responsibility that lies on, um, you know, white people you know, white men to, to kind of support white women. Um, at the same time, if, if we are, if, you know, if black people are not fighting for, let's say, um, LGBT rights, well, there are black people who are um, identified as LGBT, right? So if black people are not fighting for those rights, are they really fighting for all black people, right? Um. Well, no, not really. The The reason why is because a black gay person is still black first. That's how white supremacy works. A white woman is white first. She's a woman second. A gay white man is white first. He's gay second. So either way, um, a, a gay black guy who's choosing not to fight for the gay struggle um, with white people isn't going to get affected whatsoever if he just stays out of it and stays with black people and say, no, we're going to fight for our rights first and then I'll fight for gay rights second. They're not going to get affected because either way, we all get treated the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I, hear, I hear that. Um, let, me, let me just approach it from a different way and like, um, let's take, you know, you know um, the example of you know, black feminism. Um, so, you know, based on my, you know, admittedly, you know, limited understanding of black feminism, um, you know, black feminism in some part arose because, you know, the feminist movement was particularly a white feminist movement. And so, um, I don't think... So, and at the same time, you know, black women were recognizing that the, you know, black civil rights movement, the black power movement was also not necessarily listening to black women's voices. Uh, and so. Wrong. Do, wrong. You got to do your research, brother. I'm t you got to do your research, bro. That's completely wrong. That's what white feminists tell you. That's completely wrong. That's not true. What ended up happening was. Out of the backs of the civil rights movement, the white feminist movement started. Let's let's keep it let's keep it funky, you know. That's what that's how it started. Right out of the backs of the civil rights movement, 
So white women were trying to get rights and trying to do everything, you know, do this and do that, equal pay, whatever, right? Um, and they were falling in line with all these other racist, white supremacist feminists, you know, all, all the way from the antebellum slavery all the way till, you know, the 60s. They had this whole ideology. You, you, are you following me? This whole ideology. Now, the thing is, they needed numbers. That's what, the, that's what the problem was. They needed numbers. And they said, you know what? Who has the biggest numbers? Black people. Black people overturn elections with their votes. Come on, you know? Black people are the biggest numbers. Let's tell those black women that they're being oppressed too. Because the civil rights movement was fighting for black people, not just black men. They were fighting for black people all over. All over. The thing is that most of the civil rights struggles, that they were getting, you know, dogs sicked on them or whatever. Men were telling the women to stay home because they don't want to get, get them hurt. You know what I mean? And they, but the women wanted to fight. That's the, that's the only that's the only difference that men said. Listen, just stay home. I don't want you to do it. You know, blah 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 blah. But the thing is, right when the white feminists said, you know what, we need your, we need numbers. That's when they started feeding black women that BS, saying that listen, you don't need no man. You're independent. This and this and this and this and this and this and this. That's why nowadays you only hear black women talking about I'm independent. I don't need no man. You don't hear white women saying that. Um, I do, but I mean, I don't think that, I think that's like beside the point maybe. Um, yeah, but, but, but my, my point is that white feminists used black women as their numbers to get them in to their rattling, uh, you know, in their, in their cause. And once they got them in their cause, they never fought for black women's rights whatsoever. They did it under the guise of women. But all those benefits are going to white women. I'm I'm less familiar with um, that kind of perspective on, on you know the feminist movement. Um, I think I'm particular. I'm primarily kind of you know the best I can citing the works of um, you know Angela Davis and Bell Hooks and um, particularly. Um, you know, there's a statement by uh, the Combahee River Collective. Um, what about Susan B. Anthony? Susan B. Anthony. I mean, so Susan B. Anthony is a white woman, right? So she is part of this kind of white feminism movement. Um, I, I think. She was I think the co-founder. I, I guess she's definitely a founder of you know the feminist movement and in, in, in that particular context it was a particularly white feminist movement um i think it's a little bit um you know to say that white women fed to black women this idea is maybe not uh you know not acknowledging the 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 intellect and power of black women um uh, and you know their ability to to conduct their own analysis of the situation and put forth their own ideas. So I mean I feel like I feel like you know writers like you know Angela Davis, Bill Hooks, um, were really seeing the situation and you know voicing their concerns with the white feminist movement 
uh, voicing their concerns with you know black power movement, uh, civil rights movement, in order to have uh, you know the voices of black women, uh, you know, heard. Uh, what did um, what did uh, Bell Hooks? What book does she write? Um, so, so she's written quite a few uh, books, but um, the particular um, book is um, that I'm, you know, familiar with is called Feminism from Margin to Center. I think it's called. Mm, um, I, I think she didn't she write something like uh, black uh, black women. Cry? It was something crazy. It was, I think, um, I believe was it her first book. I believe it was her first I don't know what it was, but um I remember that um she tackled male patriarchy mm-hmm. and she only focused on black men and not nothing about white men whatsoever. She just focused on black men, black men, black men, black men. And for some reason uh these black feminists um have these, you know, white supremacist ideologies as well because they always they look at men of color as something evil or something vile and the same way how white supremacy looks at men of color do you do you agree with that um that's that's kind of not my reading of of uh at least the black feminist authors that i've read um but you know maybe I'm missing something there. Um, but I think it's it's you know to me they're really saying like you know black women do support black men and have supported the civil rights movement. And uh, I think there's a way in which you know these movements can also uh, address the oppressions of, of women, particularly black women. Um, So, and that's where I feel like that intersectionality comes in, where um, when you're addressing, you can address, you know, the rights of women, the rights of of black people, the rights of people of color, uh, both at the same time and address all these kind of oppressions together, uh, rather than having them compete against one another. But for some reason, you know, I believe Bell Hooks, I, I remember reading one of her books. Uh, she just shitted on black men, but um, that's besides the point. Um, we pretty much been talking for 48 minutes now. Uh, I got, you know, um, so far, what, what do you feel about the discussion? Um, yeah, I think it's been a good discussion. I um, really appreciate the points that you're making. Um, I definitely have to look up um, the work by Neely Fuller, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think I see we um, we you know still don't agree on everything, but that's okay. Um, well, that's the whole point of a discussion, you know. We right. don't have to agree on everything. This wasn't a debate whatsoever. It right. was just a discussion. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was a very respectful discussion, and I, I tip my hat off to you. All right, uh, Kev, right, Kevin? Yeah. All right, Kevin. Kevin, listen, been a pleasure. Uh, let's stay in touch, um, and I really want to have future discussions with you. 
Great. Um, yeah, thank you so much for uh, having a conversation with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Okay, take care. Okay, guys, uh, that was the discussion phone interview with the listener, Kevin. And again, if you guys want to leave a voicemail for the show, the number for that is 609-948-4194. You could leave a voicemail and I'll start playing it on future episodes. Um, Again, if you guys feel like having a discussion with me, let me know. Hit me up, just like Kevin did, and we could go and chop it up. Um, I appreciate it for all the listeners. I hope you guys like the content. You could reach me at Instagram and Twitter at Radical underscore Latino underscore. And again, the phone number for the show is 609 948-4194. Have a good one, guys. Peace.